Welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the anime to the manga and more. Kirby's Dreamcast. This podcast can be found ever podcasts are hosted on, on YouTube. The advantage of the YouTube side is I put footage of what I'm talking about on screen. The YouTube side is especially worth looking at when we do gaming episodes, like a recent episode, which is covering Kirby Star Stacker. I had images of the game manual and other things on the screen for the YouTube side, and also gameplay footage can be found on the side channel Scarf Plays on YouTube, if you want to see playing the game and things like that. As always, you can give us feedback on the YouTube version's comments section or at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter. But today we're going over the second light novel, Kirby and the Big Panic in Gloomy Woods. The main reason to watch the YouTube version of this episode is for the illustrations they have in the light novel. Some are cute and hilarious. I'll be describing the images, but if you don't want to imagine what they look like, check out the YouTube version. One more thing before we get started, happy birthday month to Kirby's Triple Deluxe, Star Stacker, and Rainbow Curse. They all came out in January, and happy US birth month to Kirby's Battle Royale which came out in the U.S. in January. This episode is based on a fan translation of the light novel, since you can only find them in Japanese. I plan on reading the light novels myself in raw form someday, but it isn't today or else I'd be working on this episode for months. There's a master list of light novels on Tumblr, but unfortunately there's no credit list, so if anyone listening knows who the awesome soul is that translated this novel, let me know. I'll just know that they currently go by the name Friendship Ended with Pocus Bay, which, what is that? I don't know. I assume some drama happened, that's all I got. By the way, if you can read Japanese, you can buy these on Amazon.jp. Just pay attention to shipping costs. I physically own the first eight light novels currently, and since Katakawa is the publisher, you can be sure you can buy these books anytime in the future. So here's the official information. The Kirby light novels are their own canon, but currently Kirby game director Shinya Kumazaki says the light novels characterization of Kirby and crew are how he sees them in the games. So that's cool. They're all written by Mie Takase, who previously wrote the Sokoden 4 light novel. But the Kirby Light Novelist has been their career since 2013. The Light Novel series broke 1 million books sold in 2019 and has reached over 3 million books as of 2023. This Light Novel came out on the 15th of March 2014 and the cover is extremely colorful. Kirby is in the center holding a sparkling apple fruit while behind him is King Dedede eating a pear and Waddle Dee holding a strawberry. There's a mountain of fruit behind him while Meta Knight is looking at some shadowy monster in the background. There's also a treasure map in the bottom left corner, so we know Kirby's going to be looking for something in the gloomy woods, and there's going to be lots of fruits. On the back of the book it says, In order to eat the fruits which are rumored to be the tastiest in universe, Kirby and the others head to the gloomy woods, which is also rumored to be dangerous. However, King Diddy is also after the fruit with a mysterious associate. This book is another original story, but it still includes some more game references and hints at later stories. If you're wondering where's Bandana D, well, I think it's pretty implied Waddle Dee is Bandana D. I'm not sure which book will have the transformation from Waddle Dee to Bandana Dee, but I can't wait for that one. When you open the book, you get the table of contents and the chapter names, which I won't say to not spoil the story, but you can look at the YouTube version to see them as well as the illustrations. The first page is King Dedede holding fruits while Meta Knight looks at him with a sweat drop. The second page is Kirby happily sucking up a bunch of fruit, and unfortunately Waddle Dee is caught in the inhale. The next page is the main cast, which shows Kirby, Waddle Dee, King Dedede, Meta Knight, and four new original characters named The Woodkeeper, Karina, Hiroji, and Kuroda. There's short descriptions for each of them, and none of them are spoiled, so I'll tell you them all right now. Kirby, the gluttonous protagonist. He can copy and use the abilities of his opponents that he inhales. King Dedede, the self-centered, egotistic, self-proclaimed king of Dreamland. He sees Kirby as a rival. Waddle Dee, a person who has seen much of life as King Dedede's subordinate. He is friends with Kirby. Meta Knight, a swordsman whom everything is shrouded in mystery due to always having a mask on. Hiroda, the eldest of the three siblings, his personality is a bit straightforward. Hiro 
Yoji, the second son, he looks up to Kuroda. Kurina, the gutsy firstborn daughter. The woodkeeper, a watchman who lives in the gloomy woods. So Kuroda is a big frogman with a little vest shirt. Kuroji is a smaller frog with a little bandana around his neck. And Kurina is a cute frog girl with a bow on her head. And the woodsman looks like an old man fox in a winter jacket. Is the best word to describe him, really? Like, people have called him, um... What's the word here? Uh, knockoff Magalore, which is ridiculous. But you can see where they get that. He's got a big old man beard and he's in a big winter jacket and he has big fox ears, which is, I guess Magalore has ears too like that. So chapter one is titled A Dubious Trio. The story starts in the dead of night in Dreamland with three frogs hatching a scheme in secret. From the first conversation, we learn all three's personalities. The biggest frog, Kuroda, likes to be called chief instead of big bro and he wants to steal all the something and he has an ambitious personality. His younger brother, Kuroji, speaks more timid and accidentally calls him Big Bro instead of Chief, and he's the most conscious of the three. While Carolina, their sister, is a feisty firebrand. She's likely the smartest of the group, but also gets heated easily. They want to steal all of a treasure from a forest, but it's full of scary beasts. But Kuroda heard about Kirby, a being with amazing power, who can help them. We get an image of the three frogs. The younger ones are pretty cute. Kuroda is smiling about his great idea while his siblings cheer him on, so that's cool. They then talk about how they're going to convince Kirby to join them. And it turns out none of them have ever met or seen Kirby, so how the heck are they going to do that? The siblings doubt Kuroda at first, but he says he's heard rumors about Kirby, so they'll use those as leads to find him. Problem is, Dreamland is a big place, so good luck. But still, the rumors they have to go on is that Kirby's big round boy, and he is gluttonous. How many people could fit that description? For some reason, that info is enough to convince the siblings that Kirby will definitely want to work with him. And Kuroji worries that if he's a glutton, though, he might want all the treasure. But Kuroda says he's planning on them stealing all of it and sharing none with Kirby. Kuroji starts to feel guilty over the plan, but Kuroda says they need to do this way if they want to succeed in their vow. Turns out they want to be the greatest villains in the universe, and they're all gonna be called the Kuroda Gang. Honestly, yeah, if you steal from Kirby, you would be considered the greatest villain in the universe. Everyone loves Kirby, after all. So they then circle back to what they know from the rumors. He's a round boy who's awfully gluttonous, so they should investigate restaurants and kitchens first. And we get a picture of Kuroda with a thought bubble of what he looks like Kirby's body with a question mark on his face. Because he's like, hmm, wonder what this guy actually looks like. Oh yeah, if you're wondering why everyone's name starts with Kero, that's the sound frogs make in Japanese. We hear ribbit, they hear Kero. So it's like, ribbit, ribbit, they go, Kero, Kero. I don't know how, don't know how they hear that, but that's, that's how it works. That's how language works, it's weird. But that's it for chapter one. They're basically setting up some mystery here and we can't trust these kids. We don't know what the treasure is, but the back of the book basically told us anyway. It's a fruit that they are after, and it must be valuable. This explains Kuroji's fear of Kirby wanting to eat it all, since he's a glutton. And which he'll learn he was definitely right to be worried about. I'm curious why the first chapter is being coy about the fact that the treasure is a fruit, though. This is, however, a far cry from the first Light Novels chapter 1, which was a lot of fun from the start. Of course, there's bias since it had Kirby and Waddle Dee, but speaking of them, they'll be the stars of chapter 2, and it's fun, so let's go. Chapter 2. Kirby Discovered? The story starts with the narrator letting us know that Chef Kawasaki has the best restaurant in Dreamland. We were told that in the first novel as well. It is always overcrowded because everyone in Dreamland loves to go there, but today there's a closed sign on the door. Waddle Dee and Kirby were planning on having lunch there, but the store is closed. But then Kirby peeks inside and sees King Dedede is the only customer inside. Waddle Dee peeks inside too with Kirby to confirm, and this must be cute to see these two little boys do this. We learn from the narrator that King Dedede owns a castle atop a steep mountain, and that he is gluttonous and a boastful tyrant. He is the self-proclaimed great ruler of Dreamland. We also learn Waddle Dee is one of his subordinates, and he is constantly abused and pushed around by his selfish king. Also that at every opportunity, the king is also in opposition against Kirby. So Waddle Dee has kept his friendship with Kirby a secret from the king. 
Fortunately for Waddle Dee, the king is too busy enjoying his meal to notice Waddle Dee and Kirby at the window. Now I need to read this next part because oh my god, and by the way my voices for these characters aren't great, but hopefully I get better by light novel 10 or something, right? This morning his highness quickly left without even telling his destination. I wondered what happened. Since it's unusual for his majesty to leave without even eating breakfast, but he was having a meal here, huh? Why is it okay that only King Didi is let in when the store is closed? No fair! I just want to eat Chef Kawasaki's special lunch! With a sullen face, Kirby hurled himself at the door with all his might. He might have a small body, but his power was unmatched. Getting rammed, Chef Kawasaki's restaurant appeared to collapse at any moment. The door opened and Chef Kawasaki rushed out from the inside. What the heck are you doing? Are you trying to demolish this store? Stop it, Kirby! Chef Kawasaki! We came for some chow, let us in! You must have seen the label, we're closed today! But why is it King Dedede having a meal? That's because... Chef Kawasaki's expression became gloomy. What's the reason? Why is only King Dedede treated specially? N never mind! Anyway, the store is temporarily closed today, go home! But King Dedede! Go home, please! We then get an image of Chef Kawasaki clearly in distress, showing them away while Kirby and Waddle Dee are just surprised by this. We also see the close sign on the door. With his face bright red, Chef Kawasaki pushed Kirby out and slammed the door. Kirby and Waddle Dee were astonished and exchanged glances. Chef Kawasaki is acting strangely for some reason. Something like this has never happened until now. Alright, let's hear the reason! Waddle Dee stopped Kirby, who was about to hurl himself at the door once again. Let's stop, Kirby. Chef Kawasaki appears to be very troubled for some reason. I'd feel bad for him if we made him spit it out. But you know... Let's call it a day. Instead, let's have lunch at Castle Dedede. The lunch would be... It's today's leftover, but there's some croquettes with meat and potato stew. Some fried chicken in addition. Croquettes! Meat and potato stew! Fried chicken! Well, I want some! Croquette, meat, and potato stew, and fried chicken are all Kirby's favorites. Rather, just about every food in the world is Kirby's favorite. <laughs> His eyes lit up and Kirby jumped at Waddle Dee. Let's go, let's go! Lunchtime right now at Castle Dedede! Uh-huh. With their hands together, the pair retraced their steps towards Castle Dedede. So that is just a fun exchange. It's fun to learn that Kirby in his base form is strong enough to knock over a building. Also that Kirby just has hunger rage. Kirby straight up ha was not having it. Kirby doesn't like exclusive eating clubs it seems, that's crazy. Then we get to learn what's going on. King Dedede is inside and he's ordering 10 more servings of steak, gratin, and katsudon. We learn that King Dedede has been eating all morning, and by the way, katsudon is pork katsu on egg and rice, and if you don't know what pork katsu is, that's fried pork cutlet. It is yummy. Chef Kawasaki then collapses on the floor and begs King Dedede to have mercy on him. If he keeps eating, he'll make Chef Kawasaki go bankrupt. This is quite alarming. By the way, if you're a King Dedede fan, you're gonna hate this book, because King Dedede in this next part is incredibly cruel. I seen a King Dedede fan review the light novels, and they understandably hate the light novels because King Dedede is a very selfish jerk. Still, from what I can tell, King Dedede does develop into a less mean character in later books. So King Dedede berates Chef Kawasaki for daring to defy him, and of course we must be asking ourselves, what's going on? Chef Kawasaki isn't one of his minions, why is he giving in? And then we learn why, as King Dedede mentions, he'll complain to the Universal Restaurants Association, which scares Chef Kawasaki back into the kitchen to cook more. King Dedede then smiles to himself and thinks all his good deeds are coming back to him, since he's allowed to have an all-you-can-eat here. So the narrator goes back in time a little. King Dedede showed up at the restaurant this morning exactly at opening time. Chef Kawasaki happily welcomed him and did the niceties you do with a monarch. Then King Dedede orders all the top shelf food and lots of it. This excites Chef Kawasaki since he gets to cook some high-class food and show off his skills, but then he loses his happiness when King Dedede presents him a special card he has. A pretty gold-colored card. The super premium all-you-can-eat card from the Universal Restaurants Association. 
Jeff Kawasaki mentions that this card is famous and it's his first time seeing it. He indeed mentions that it allows the owner to eat all they want for free. Then it dawns on Chef Kawasaki what this means, and we get an image of Chef Kawasaki shocked and in tears as a smiling King Didi presents it to him. That's right, King Didi's a jerk. Chef Kawasaki asks if King Didi is really planning on eating all his food for free, and King Didi greedily announces yes and then orders more food. First he ordered steak and roast beef and a whole roasted chicken. Next he ordered hamburger, barbecue, and ice cream. Chef Kawasaki questions how this could be. The association only gives these cards out to gentlemen and heroes that are respected by everyone. Foreshadowing. How could the king have gotten one? But King Dedede asserts that he is a praiseworthy gentleman. Still, Chef Kiyosaki questions if it's really King Dedede's card, but eventually King Dedede says he'll complain to the association, so this scares Chef Kawasaki back into the kitchen, and he puts a clothes sign on the front door of the restaurant. King Dedede then orders crab, fried rice, gyoza, and shumai. Then he orders tempura soba and nabeyaki udon. Some of these items aren't on the menu, but King Diddy demands them anyway, which forces Chef Kawasaki to improvise. Chef Kawasaki wipes his tears and gets to work, but he can't help but wonder why King Diddy has this card. All restaurant owners are compelled to follow the regulations of the association, so the card owner must be given the top-class treatment or suffer consequences. So this card is really rare. Lastly, King Diddy orders the 10 servings of steak, gratin, and katsudon we heard earlier in the story, plus ramen and hamburger steak. This last order breaks Chef Kawasaki, and he cries while cooking. Yeesh. I realize I never mentioned these Asian foods were in this first light novel, so I'll do that now, this time with this book. So King Dedede has great taste. Gyoza is minced meat, mushroom, and veggie mix like pork and cabbage that you put inside a flour wrap and you can steam or fry them. Shumai is similar, but it's usually seafood like shrimp or crab, sometimes pork, and it's a flour wrap too, but it's usually an opening at the top. You dip both of these in a sauce and eat them. Tempura soba is a fried shrimp with soba noodle soup and... Nabayaki udon is similar, but uses udon noodles instead. So yeah, King Dedede is really, really cruel in this book. I get why Dedede fans hate this book, but let's not forget, King Dedede was not originally a good guy. He was originally a villain, and then he became a good guy, so don't forget that. So now back to the present. Kirby and Waddle Dee have left, but now the Frog Tree are in town and they're looking for Kirby. They come upon Chef Kawasaki's restaurant and see the sign is closed, but Kuroji notices someone is inside and they're eating a ton. The trio are impressed with the monstrous appetite of the customer inside, and it's making them hungry. They see this large, round fellow devour all these dishes and believe it must be Kirby, so they burst in. Must have shoved Kawasaki's surprise, of course. He tries to shoo them away, but they run over and surround King Dedede. They start praising him and calling him Mr. Kirby, Mr. Kirby. And King Dedede's too busy with a whole steak in his mouth, so he can't respond. But they keep praising him and calling him Mr. Kirby. They're impressed with his eating ability, and that they respect him and are honored to meet him. But then King Didi realizes they're talking at him and mistaking him for Kirby, and this ruins his mood. He still has a whole steak in his mouth, so while he's trying to finish swallowing it, they mention they want to borrow his strength for an important task that only Kirby can do. King Didi finally swallows it all, and I should read this part out for you. By the way, these three frogs are getting one voice because I do not have the skill to do three different frog voices right now. Who are you, chumps? Ah, uh, this might be late, but I'm Kuroda. The two over here are my underlings, Kuroji and Kurlina. Kirby this and Kirby that, you idiots! Right, of course you would know. Uh, although we never met you before, your name is very famous. I'm not, Kirby. Ah, yes, I understand. Only you would possess such a magnificent appetite. There's a wonderful treasure just for you. King Dedede was about to shout at the trio in frustration, but held his tongue after hearing one word. Treasure. We can't explain the full story here, but why don't you come with us? What the heck is this treasure? Actually, Kuroda whispered in a low voice close to Dedede's ear. It's the tastiest fruit in the universe. Fruits? Huh. <laughs> How dull. They can't satisfy me. I'd rather have the tastiest meats in the universe. 
The King Dedede, who was about to resume eating, Rhoda said quickly, Oh no, no, no. It's not just any fruit. These fruits are said to be so sweet that it melts in your mouth, and are so delicious that you won't believe it's from this world. And yet it's awfully rare. So those who have tried it are very few in numbers. This is the King of Fruits, and number one of all fruits. Don't you want to try it? Hmm, the King, huh? Weak to words like number one or king, King Dedede's heart was moved a little. At that moment, Chef Kawasaki started talking. What a lovely story! I want to eat such fruits, but... Chef Kawasaki has been listening on the conversation between the trio and Dedede for some time now. The trio glares at Chef Kawasaki in alertness. Chef Kawasaki looked away and sighed deeply. I'm not really worthy of that. Huh. Only a very important figure could eat the best fruits and such. Also weak to words like an important figure, King Dedede twitched. Knowing this is it, Chef Kawasaki continued ceaselessly. For instance, the most handsome prince in the universe, or a great ruler of Dreamland, these are special fruits that can't be eaten unless you're a super important figure like Sucha. What a shame. There's no helping it, I guess. We then get an image of Chef Kawasaki talking to King Dedede, who is mulling over things while the frogs watch in the back. We also see lots of plates. Ugh. Pretending that he didn't hear Chef Kawasaki's remarks, King Dedede turned to face Kuroda. Are you sure about what you said? Of course, we also obtained a special map which has the locations of the fruits written down. All that's left is your cooperation. Alright then. King Dedede nodded and pounded his chest. I, Kirby, will cooperate with you guys. Lead me to where those fruits originate from. Yes, sir! The trio raised their arms together. King Dedede got up slowly, and the trio would look up at that figure in a hopeful manner. Off we go! Yes, sir! There's nothing to fear with Mr. Kirby on our side. The trio surrounded King Dedede and stepped out in excitement. So with King Dedede gone, Chef Kawasaki cries out with joy. He was able to get King Dedede to leave with some quick thinking. But then he realizes they must be talking about the Stardust Fruits from Gloomy Woods, which is really dangerous. But he figures it can't be those since no one would be that foolish. So he then cleans up and reopens his store. He's got a lot of money and needs to recoup now. So that's it for Chapter 2, and again, holy crap King Dedede. I'm not going to retread what I've already said, but wow, the author is not doing him any favors. Still, we're now getting set up with the plot. These three frog kids have King Dedede on their team, and they're going to scam him for lots of fruit. So you get what the author was doing here. They want you on the frog side, so you don't feel bad about them ripping off King Dedede later on, so that's why they make King Dedede so awful. Still, it is a rough chapter. Chapter 3. Getting information as a 2. As the sun sets, Waddle Dee worries about his king. He still hasn't returned from the restaurant. But Waddle Dee doesn't have much time to worry about his king, since Kirby is hungry and he impatiently asks for supper with fork and knife in hand. That has got to be either really cute or intimidating as heck. We learned that Kirby just had cookies 30 minutes ago, so he shouldn't be hungry, but Kirby is. We also learned those were for King Diddity, but Kirby don't care. <laughs> Waddle Dee accurately worries his king might have been dragged into some trouble, while Kirby also accurately states that King Diddity is usually the one who drags himself into trouble. Boosh. Then Kirby goes back to wanting supper, but Waddle Dee decides he needs to look for his king, and that supper will have to wait. Kirby is disappointed at first, but then quickly recovers and goes to help Waddle Dee. This shocks Waddle Dee at first, but then Kirby says he's doing it so they can hurry up and get to supper. Kirby shows his intelligence here. Kirby understands that they won't be eating as long as Waddle Dee is worried about his king. Though Kirby's helping for selfish reasons, it shows he understands his friend as well. Eventually, the two get to the restaurant and are surprised to see no clothes sign anymore. They go inside and ask about King Dedede, but Chef Kawasaki feigns ignorance. Waddle Dee glares at him, and eventually Chef Kawasaki gives in because he doesn't fear Waddle Dee, but he does fear Kirby who's next to him. We then get an image of a miffed Waddle Dee questioning Chef Kawasaki. So Chef Kawasaki tells him three frogs came in looking for Kirby and mistook King Dedede for Kirby. This shocks Kirby to his core and he nearly falls over. So I need to read this part, cause oh my god. Me for Dedede? 
This good-looking me for Dedede? Why the heck? Did those trio have bad eyesight or something? Who knows, I don't really get it, but... Anyways, they called Mr. Kirby and started talking. About what? If I remember correctly, they said that there's a tastiest fruit in the universe, I think. To get their hands on it, they wanted to borrow Mr. Kirby's power, you see. The tastiest fruit in the universe? Kirby was excited and did a somersault. What's that? I want some, I want some! Hearing that story, King Dedede impersonated himself as Kirby and left with the trio. This is all I can share with you. Why didn't you call me right away? The trio was searching for me, right? Kirby clung onto Chef Kawasaki. You're right, but King Dedede became interested in it. That's mean! How can he pretend to be me, when we don't even look alike at all? In any case, that's what it was. King Dedede and the trio left together, but I have no idea where they went after that. Chef Kawasaki continued with his voice even more lowered. Please keep what I said a secret. If King Dedede learns of it, he might take revenge on me. That nightmare will once again. Chef Kawasaki turned pale and shivered. Uh-huh, got it. We won't tell anyone. Promising the Chef Kawasaki, Kirby and Waddle Dee left the restaurant. As they walk away, the pair talk about the situation. King Dedede got dragged into something while Kirby interjects that he's dragging himself into something. Kirby then complains about King Dedede being mistaken for him some more. Kirby can't get over it at all. While Waddle Dee's trying to figure out what to do next, Kirby just keeps going back to the same subject. So this dialogue is pretty fun though, so let's read it. To begin with, why did they mistake me for King Dedede? What's so similar about us? Um, uh, the appetite, I guess? In any case, we gotta find his majesty. Baby, can you cooperate with me? We're not like at all! I'm not fed like King Dedede! I have a cute face and I ain't that gluttonous! Sure, that's true. Uh, baby, I'm asking you to cooperate. King Dedede's awful as well! How can he impersonate me? Um, Kirby, I'm asking you... Jeez, Waddle Dee, are you listening to me? Blind to his own faults, Kirby jumped at Waddle Dee. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. If that's true, I could have eaten the tastiest fruit in the universe, and yet... It's frustrating, right? So let's find that trio and teach them a lesson. Yeah, let's do so! He barely managed to resolve the conversation. So then the pair of children decide to be detectives, and that's cute. They need some leads, and all they have is that the trio of frog kids were the ones looking for Kirby. So Kirby asks the first person he sees, and that happens to be Burning Leo. Ever since their encounter in the first light novel, Burning Leo has learned not to underestimate Kirby, so he gets really scared of him when Kirby approaches. But instead of asking about the trio, he asks if he and King Diddy are similar, which leads to Waddle Dee admonishing him. But then this dialogue happens, and this is also fun to read out. Burning Leo mews earnestly. Now that you mention it, you two might be alike. Eh? We get an image of Kirby shocked while Burning Leo and Waddle Dee have sweat drops. Kirby stumbled in shock. We're alike? Just how much? As much as Croquette and Menchi Katsu? I can't really understand an example like that. Because what is it so similar about us? Personality, I guess? Obsession with food, maybe? That I'm self-centered? Doesn't listen to someone talks? And is greedy like King Dedede? Hmm, well... What? That's so mean! You're mean, Burning Leo! Kirby opened his mouth wide and looked like he could inhale Burning Leo at the moment. Ah, stop! Burning Leo held his head and laid down on the ground. Waddle stopped Kirby in a panic. Waddle reminds them they're trying to be detectives, and so they have to inquire people properly, not berate them like Kirby just did. By the way, Croquette is basically fried mashed potatoes with corn and carrots and peas mixed in. You make a ball of it and fry it up, and it is yummy as all heck. Menchikatsu is fried minced meat, so same thing, you mash up some meat and put in some veggies and ball up and fry it. It's also yummy as heck. They then move on and ask Mr. TikTok, who's a giant clock man with a big mustache. Waddle Dee starts to ask about the trio, but then Kirby interjects and asks about Tasty Fruit instead. Mr. TikTok says the Tasty Fruit in the universe is bananas, but then admits he's joking. But then this exchange happens. Okay, here we go. I love bananas! We're like-minded, Mr. TikTok! That's right. And if I had to say it, I'm more of a melon guy than banana. 
I like both of them. Also, I like strawberry, grape, apple, watermelon. Did you forget the orange, Kirby? Yeah, orange is also yummy. Peach and persimmon as well. In addition, kiwi, grapefruit. It's uncertain how far the conversation will digress if Waldi were to leave them to it. So then Waddle Dee says, Let's go, Kirby. Grabbing his hand, Waddle Dee separated Kirby, who still seemed to have more to say to Mr. TikTok. This funny dialogue. After some time, Kirby gets bored and says it's a difficult case, but Waddle Dee thinks Kirby is just bad at gathering information. He ain't wrong. Still, it's very late and they're both hungry, so Waddle Dee relents and says they should go back to the castle for supper. Maybe the king has returned as well. So with hope in his heart, Waddle Dee and Kirby return to the castle. It's nighttime now, by the way, and as they head to the castle, they see a large object at Castle Dedede in the moonlight. It's an airship! Who could it be? Then they run to the castle together. So that's the end of Chapter 3, and this is the funnest chapter so far. The first two chapters were set up, but lacked Kirby and Waddle Dee being two brain cells together. They're definitely the heart of the novel so far. You can tell which chapters are my favorite based on how much dialogue I enjoy reciting. <laughs> chapter 4, The Rumor of the Gloomy Woods. So the pair find who we thought they would find. Meta Knight was just sitting on a sofa in the hall of Castle Dedede. The narrator describes Meta Knight as a masked knight whose face and background are all wrapped in mystery. No one knows where he usually lives, but he would at times appear in Dreamland like it came to his mind. Both Kirby and Waddle Dee are acquainted with him. It's interesting that Meta Knight can just let himself in, by the way, but okay. So Waddle Dee asks him why he's there. He was just there three days ago, so it's weird for him to be back so soon. But then Midnight tells them that he lost a very valuable card that is small and gold-colored. He thinks he might have dropped it while visiting Castle Dedede, and he apologizes for bothering them as well. Kirby asks what the card is for, but Midnight thinks it would be best if he doesn't answer, but warns them not to use the card. It would be very bad if they misused it. So, uh-oh, we know King Dedede has already done that. Midnight then tells them to warn King Dedede as well before he moves to leave. Then this fun conversation happens. Now then, excuse me. Waddle Dee called out the Meta Knight, who got up and started walking. Please wait, Lord Meta Knight, in truth. I refuse, said Meta Knight without even hearing what he was about to say. Well, but I didn't say anything yet. At most, it's probably that you want me to lend you guys my strength. You're right. How did you know that? Your face looked troubled, you know. Sorry, but let me return. It's not worth it to get dragged in you guys' affairs. You can't be serious. Farewell. Shaking off Waddle Dee, who was ready to cling onto him, Midnight suddenly turned his cape and was about to leave the hall. Behind his back, Kirby shouted out at him, Wait, Midnight! There's just one thing I want to ask before you leave! About what? Midnight paused and turned around. Kirby glanced at Midnight with his eyes raised and asked with a unusually serious voice, Do you think me and Dedede are alike? What? <laughs> Midnight was taken aback and replied, What's with this question out of nowhere? It's fine, so answer it! Hmm, well, in terms of resemblance, you guys are alike. I might have thought so for some time now. Is that what it is? He would pass what he heard from Burning Leo as a joke, but there's definitely some weight in Medanite's words. Kirby said while staggering, Are we that alike? Is how much? As much as Croquette and Minchi Katsu? As much as fried rice and pilaf? Or even as much as curry and Hayashi rice? While prattling, Kirby gets stirred up and is teary-eyed in spite of himself. What? what What's wrong, Kirby? We then get an image of Kirby crying while Meta Knight is just confused. We also see two dishes in the image as well. This would be, of course, fried rice and rice pilaf. Fried rice is a pan-fried rice that has egg, meat, and veggies, while rice pilaf is similar but it doesn't use eggs and has the rice cooked in a stock or broth in a pan. Also, pilaf has spices added to it. As for curry and Hayashi rice, curry is a thick sauce meat and veggie dish with lots of spices and served with rice while Hayashi rice is more like a hearty stew served with rice. 
I'm starting to realize that all of Kirby's comparisons are Asian dishes with more Western dishes, and that's interesting. So more dialogue. Kirby urged Meta Knight with a frantic look. Tell me clearly, which one's croquette and which one's Mejikatsu? I don't grasp the meaning. Don't ask the question, Meta Knight! In a panic, Waddle Dee stopped Kirby, who was on the verge of throwing himself at Meta Knight. Stop that, Kirby. Wet Midnight is troubled. I'm the one that's troubled! I don't want to be mistaken for King Tiddity! <laughs> Seeing Kirby fall prostrate on the floor, Meta Knight was dumbfounded. It was very unusual for Kirby, who was always optimistic to be this saddened. This <laughs> what on earth do you mean, Kirby? That you're mistaken for King Tiddity? Um, you see, sir, actually... I love how crazy all this has to be for Meta Knight. So Waddle Dee gets Meta Knight up to speed and concludes they must be headed for Gloomy Woods since that's where the stardust fruit grows. So now the pair have a new clue, and they ask Midnight for some more information. But he becomes evasive. You can tell that he doesn't want to tell them, because it'll get these kids into a dangerous situation. The gloomy woods is not a safe place. Now, I don't mean to read everything to you, but this dialogue is too funny. I doubt it. I guess thinking about it too much. Sorry, but forget what I said today. Huh? No way, Meta Knight! Tell us properly! Please, Lord Meta Knight. Waddle Dee bowed deeply, that his head struck the ground. His Majesty is blinded by the tastiest fruit in the universe and is tricked into being a member of the bad guys. He'll be in danger if we don't rescue him somehow. That's his deal. I wouldn't worry about it. But he still hasn't returned even with this much time has passed. If the great ruler, his highness, is in an emergency, what will happen to Dreamland? I think it'll only be in peace. Ha ha ha! Oh, Mesto. Let Meta Knight. Waddle became unusually stern and glared at Meta Knight. Yeah, I'm sorry, Waddle I don't want to get you in trouble if possible, but for your loyalty, I'll talk. So Midnight gives in and sits back on the sofa and tells them all about the gloomy woods. It's in the backwoods of Dreamland and full of scary beasts and evil spirits. It's a place no one should go into, and yet they're going to go in there. We then get an image of Midnight describing a really scary place. He then lowers his voice and mentions the forest has really valuable fruits, the stardust fruits. In the entire universe, they only grow in this forest, and there's thousands of them. But the fruits only grow on a spring night with a full moon, and they turn rotten by sunrise. So you only have a couple hours to gather and eat the fruit, while being attacked by beasts and spirits. He continues on that once a hero ate one and left a note that it was the tastiest in the universe. So many adventurers have gone to the gloomy woods, but none of them have safely returned. So because of how dangerous the fruit is to get, and the high body count, the fruit is now known as the Fruit of Wonder. Waddle Dee gets really worried about King Dedede, while Kirby gets extra excited about this tasty fruit. Kirby grabs Waddle Dee and intends to run into the forest now, but Midnight grabs Kirby to hold him back. Midnight tries to convince them that King Dedede and the trio wouldn't be foolish enough to go there, but Waddle Dee thinks otherwise. The full moon is almost here, and since the trio was looking for Kirby, they were going to rely on his strength to fight the beast. This is the only thing that makes sense. So Waddle Dee, with a sense of determination, says he will go into the forest to rescue his king. This is a good boy. This is a very good boy. So Waddle Dee walks to leave and Kirby follows him, but Midnight then relents and joins them. Because it wouldn't sit right with him if he let them go off on their own. Even with how powerful Kirby is. He also wants to track down King Dedede since he heard King Dedede had a ton of food at Chef Kawasaki's restaurant. He's concerned King Dedede might have used the card, which would be very bad. Now before they can leave, Midnight stops them again. He tells them they should rest for the night and head out tomorrow. Waddle Dee says King Dedede might be suffering in the woods or tortured for getting caught impersonating Kirby. But Midnight assures them that King Dedede won't be in the forest until the full moon. No reason to risk the forest until the full moon, after all. Also, it'll take them a long time to get there, so they'd end up sleeping in the outdoors if they left now. It's best to properly prepare for the ordeal that is coming. Lastly, Midnight assures Waddle Dee that it's likely the trio that is suffering, not King Dedede. And though he was joking, Midnight wasn't wrong. 
The story then shifts to King Dedede and the trio of frog kids. They finally arrive at the trio of frog kids' home, and King Dedede complains that his legs are stiff from all the walking and plops onto the sofa. Karate complains in a whisper that King Dedede walked like a slow log, though. King Dedede then complains about the long walk, and Carolina complains he barely walked at all, though. He impatiently says he wants to eat the tastiest fruit in the universe, and Karota reminds him that it has to be a full moon. King Dedede then complains his legs and back are tired, and Karota takes this as a cue to massage him. We see an image of Kuroda and Kuroji tending to King Dedede with his face down and his butt up. So face down, ass up, it's ridiculous. While Carolina looks on unhappy. Carolina can't believe how pathetic her brother is being, but he says they gotta do it if they want his cooperation. Carolina thinks King Dedede is being too selfish though. Turns out that during the whole walk to their hideout, King Dedede was pushing them around. He kept complaining about the walk and asking for a piggyback ride and wanting something to eat. Surprisingly, they actually carried King Dedede using a platform and pulling him to the hideout. Now that's some high level laziness. Even while they were pulling him, he would yell at them to speed up. You get why they would be mad at him. <laughs> Even though they were worn out, King Dedede demanded dinner while lying on his belly on the sofa. Carolina yells at him and calls him a stupid pig, but King Dedede either didn't hear it or tests them by asking what he said. In a panic, Kuroda assures Mr. Kirby that it was nothing. King Dedede then says, Alright, I was Kirby, I forgot. This puzzles Kuroda, but King Dedede quickly changed the subject to ask about the tastiest fruits in the universe. Kuroda opens their window, showing the gloomy forest, and he describes the place. It's a mysterious forest that isn't recorded on any map. It's swarming with monsters and no one has gotten out of there. This piques King Dedede's curiosity. Seeing King Dedede's excitement motivates the trio. But then King Dedede thanks them for braving the forest to get him his fruit. Carolina then gets mad and reminds him that they need his power to get their hands on the fruits. They need his strength to scare off the beast and his inhale ability to pick all the fruits. This gets King Dedede's attention. They need him for the inhale ability? Kuroda then reiterates what we learned from Meta Knight. The fruits only grow one night and go bad by morning, so they need to quickly get them while dealing with the monsters and the pitch black darkness. With the inhale ability, they could pick all the fruits quickly. They'd be too slow if they did it by hand, so that's why they came to Kirby. Apparently the rumors are that Kirby is strong enough to move a mountain in one breath. Also that Kirby is the greatest hero in the universe, so with his power the fruits will be theirs. They then do lots of praising of Mr. Kirby while King Dedede gets madder and madder, to the point he yells at them to be quiet, which confuses them. We get an image of exactly that next. Kuroda and Carolina are confused while Kuroji is scared and we see an angry King Dedede. King Dedede complains that they're praising Kirby too much and that they should be praising him, which confuses the trio even more. King Dedede then remembers that he's supposed to be Kirby and recomposes himself and says they shouldn't be praising him so much and to hurry up and get him his food. So the trio start liking him again while they cook, thinking he's actually a good humble guy. Somehow they forget about all the selfish stuff he did up to this point because they hyped him up so much for themselves just now. King Dedede then sits back on the sofa and thinks about the inhale ability. He has a strong inhale too, but he admits it isn't as strong as Kirby's. He figures he'll keep faking for a while longer. Once they lead him to the fruits, he'll order them to gather the fruits by hand anyway to compensate for his inability to inhale all the fruits like Kirby could. The narrator tells us that by nature King Dedede is an optimist who works their subordinates like slaves. So he's sure things will work out. The last line is King Dedede starving and wishing he brought Chef Kawasaki with him. So the first half is pretty fun with all the Med Knight, Kirby, and Waddle Dee stuff, then back to King Dedede being pretty insufferable. A bit of an uneven chapter, but they really want to hammer home that King Dedede is the bad guy here. Chapter 5, which one is Kirby? The title gives it away a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> so first thing in the morning they boarded Meta Knight's airship and arrived at the gloomy woods by early evening. Wow, that's a really long flight. They land nearby and Meta Knight points them to the forest. Kirby immediately runs towards the forest, but Waddle Dee holds him back. Apparently Waddle Dee is really strong if he can hold back Kirby, right? Midnight says they should split up to search for King Dedede, but Kirby wants to just go get the fruits. But they eventually convince Kirby not to go because it isn't a full moon until tomorrow night, so the fruits aren't growing yet. 
they start to plan out how they're going to find King Dedede, and there's no one to ask around, so they should look for cabins or caves. But then Kirby smells something. Something good! Waddle Dee thinks maybe he smells King Dedede, but of course that's not a good smell. Kirby smells... Curry! Kirby then rushes off like he's on fire, and the other two are forced to chase after him. So we get an image of Kirby running with drool coming out of his mouth, and Waddle Dee and Med Knight chasing him. As Kirby runs, he mentions he loves curry and pickled leeks, and Fuku Jinzuke. These things are both commonly eaten with curry in Japan. Fuku Jinzuke is pickled veggies like daikon, eggplant, lotus root, cucumber, and bamboo shoots. Pickled veggies are really good with curry since it's a sour that complements the savory sweet curry. Waddle Dee doubts Kirby really smells any curry, but Meta Knight believes Kirby is right. Kirby has a keen sense for finding food. There is no way he would be wrong. They just can't smell as well as Kirby can. Also, Meta Knight believes King Dedede must be at the food. It is unlikely there would be a curry shop in the forest, so this is the best lead they have. And since Kirby's so food crazy, he's actually moving so fast they have a hard time keeping up, by the way. At the same time elsewhere, we see the source of the smell. The Frog Kid trio has been dealing with King Dedede for two whole days! The kids are worn out, but King Dedede is in high spirits. They made curry for him, which makes him very happy. Crota has been doing everything he can to butter up King Dedede slash Kirby, and it's still one more night to go, so it would be all for nothing if he failed to keep him happy. So King Dedede has some curry and complains it's too spicy, but this is how the Frog Kids like it, according to Carolina. So King Dedede moves on to complain about there being no sides. That curry without Fuku Jinzuke is like a shortcake without a strawberry. Turns out the kids hate Fuku Jinzuke, according to an angry Carolina. So King Dedede relents, and as he's about to take another bite, the door bursts open and a pink-colored bullet bursts in. It's Kirby! And he straight up yells, Curry place found! <laughs> I love that so much! Then he hops on a chair at the table with only curry on the brain and asks for some curry, without even noticing King Dedede. Now I like to imagine King Dedede is frozen in place with a curry about to go into his mouth during all of this. It is a hilarious sight in my mind. So this dialogue is too fun not to do, so oh god. There's gonna be seven different characters here, so bear with me. Oh man, oh man. I would like some curry, sweet flavored please, with heaps of Fuku Jizuki as well. Uh, who the heck are you? Carolina said with her eyes goggling. This isn't a curry shop. Yeah, yeah, she's right. Get out! <laughs> said Kuroda and even Kiroji together, and were about to chase him out. And Kirby stared blankly and asked, Huh? It's not a curry shop, but it smells so good. What shop is it then? This is not a store. You'll be amazed to hear that this place is, you see, Kuroda Gang's hideout. Big Brother! <laughs> What the heck are you blabbing about? In a hurry, Carolina shut Kuroda and scowled at Kirby. In any case, this isn't a curry shop, leave! Huh? But there's this yummy looking curry over there! With a drooling face, Kirby fixed his eyes on the serving of curry placed on the table. He then casually raises his eyes, where then... Huh? King Dedede? Ah, oh, you turd. The king noticed Kirby from the moment he barged in. It's just that he didn't know how to re she should react, and was all stiff with a spoon clutched in his hands. Kirby opened his eyes wide and stared at King Dedede, but suddenly made a menacing look and banged the table in protest. Why aren't you letting me have some curry when you're letting King Dedede have some? I want some curry too! That's why we said our home isn't a curry place. No, hold on a second. Rhoda interjected. Who's King Dedede? Who? He's right in front of you! Kirby pointed at King Dedede. I just like to imagine a very angry Kirby pointing at King Dedede. Also, wow, Kirby really gets ragey when you don't share food with him. I love it so much. Turns out if you want Kirby to become a villain, just deprive him of food. That's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. So Kirby starts getting mad at them mistaking King Dedede for Kirby, and yells out this fun bit of dialogue. Getting more and more angry, Kirby jumped up and down on the chair. You're calling King Dedede Kirby? Huh? How are you mistaking him for me? 
Is me and Dedede that alike? As much as Nukumon and Anmon? As much as Ayokodon and Katsudon? As much as Yakisoba and Yaki Udon? Or even as much as Kalanpyo Pimaki and Takuan Maki? Wiping tears flowing from his eyes, Kirby shouted, Fine! Even if everyone on Earth can't tell Kalanpyo Maki and Takuan Maki apart, I'm Kirby, not King Dedede! I beg your pardon? What, what did you just say? Carolina, the most cool-headed among the three, pressed Kirby. Kirby turned towards Carolina with tears in his eyes. Even if everyone can't tell between Kampia Maki and Kakuan Maki. Not that one. Yeah, Kirby, you said. But what do you mean? This person is Kirby, no? Carolina pointed towards King Dedede. Kirby shouted while hopping up and down. Alright, a lot of foods to talk about here. Nukumon is a steamed pork bun, while Anmon is a steamed red bean bun. Oyokodon is chicken and egg rice dish. It's kind of a messed up joke because Oyoko means parent and child, and Don means rice bowl. In case you don't get it, the chicken is the parent, the egg is the child. Katsudon was mentioned earlier. This is a fried pork cutlet with egg and rice. Yakisoba and yaki udon are two different kinds of noodles that are fried. Kanpyo maki and takuan maki are two types of sushi roll. Kanpyo uses gourd as the filling, while takuan uses pickled takuan as the filling. Oh, by the way, I've eaten everything Kirby has been talking about in this book, minus Kampio Maki. Never heard of that one until this book. Then they argue a bit over who's actually King Dedede, because Kirby insists it's him, but uh, they think King Dedede is Kirby, and we get an image of the Frog Kids being shocked while Kirby and King Dedede yell at each other. So for the Frog Kids, there's two Kirbys, and they don't know how to figure out which one is the real Kirby. So the kids argue over who's real, too. They can't figure out who it is, because they're both round, and they won't stop talking about food. Then Waddle Dee and Midnight finally catch up, and they both go to King Diddy and call out his name. And the Frog Kids are thrown for a loop even more. King Diddy, however, says they're all conspiring against him, and he is, in fact, Kirby. This, of course, confuses Waddle Dee and Midnight and angers Kirby. Carolina then pulls out her notepad full of Kirby trivia and says Kirby can use the copy ability. King Diddy, of course, doesn't know what he can do here since he doesn't have that. But Kirby jumps in first to prove himself, so a hilarious moment happens. I can copy! That's my special skill! Look! Kirby turned towards Waddle Dee. Waddle Dee became terrified and drew back. Kirby? Don't tell me I'm the one. S stop! Sorry, Waddle Dee. Just bear with it for a little bit while, okay? One, two! <gasps> After breathing out deeply, Kirby inhaled with all his strength. <laughs> we get an image of Waddle Dee crying as he is getting pulled towards Kirby, who is in inhaling at him. Poor Waddle Dee. So Waddle Dee flew in a straight line and was inhaled by Kirby. I inhaled him! With this, Waddle Dee's power is mine to- Kirby suddenly realized in mid-sentence. Waddle Dee had no real special ability. Even if he inhaled him, he couldn't copy his power. So King Dedede capitalizes on the situation and points that Kirby didn't copy anything. But then this happens. Nah, I did copy his power, said Kirby in a panic. <laughs> then how about you show me the ability that you copied? <laughs> Fine! Kirby girded his loins. He breathed deeply in mimicking Waddle Dee's voice. How do I mimic two voices here? I'm Model D, his majesty's servant. Delicious cookies have been baked, your highness. King Diddy was dumbfounded for a moment, but soon came to his senses and started laughing with his stomach held. <laughs> you nitwit, that's not copying. That's just imitating. Besides, it's not alike at all. Uh, I'm Model D. There's no use struggling, Kirby. It's your loss. King Diddy quickly realized mid-sentence and held his tongue. But it was too late, however. Carolina pointed at King Diddy and yelled, You said Kirby, huh? In other words, you're the fake! Ugh, drat. So then King Dedede runs at the door and runs into the forest. That was all so hilarious. I love this so much. It's just so much fun. So Kirby does chase after King Dedede, but King Dedede easily gets out of sight thanks to all the thick trees and rocks and such. 
So Kirby returns to the cabin, and he teams up with the Frog Kids, and they're all excited about the fruits. Kirby then asks for curry, and they get right to it. But something's off. Kirby can't remember what it is, though, that he's forgetting. Then it hits Meta Knight, and he's astonished. How could Kirby forget about Waddle D? So he orders Kirby to return Waddle D to normal. Kirby just innocently says, Oh, that's what I forgot. And he opens his mouth, and Waddle D just rolls out. That has to be a silly thing to imagine. So Waddle D rolls out and bounces like a ball until he bumps his head on a post. Poor little guy. Waddle D, of course, is unhappy he was eaten, but lets it go after Kirby apologizes and he learns it helped Kirby prove his identity. He then looks for his king and decides to go back to Castle Dedede to prepare supper and a bath for his king. But Midnight assures him that it's unnecessary. King Dedede will be lurking in the forest and he won't pass up a chance at these fruits. No one is more stubborn or avaricious. He'll be determined to gobble up more Stardust fruits than Kirby. Waddle D then nods and says no one knows King Diddy better than Meta Knight, which Meta Knight responds he is not very pleased about that. <laughs> Still, Waddle D worries about his king and since he'll be cold and hungry out there, but Meta Knight tells him it is too dangerous to search for the king because of all the wild beasts and besides. The beasts are ones they should be worried for. They have to deal with King Diddy. And once again, Meta Knight was right. In the densely dark forest, King Diddy wanders around in the pitch black and trips on tree roots and mud. He blames Kirby for all of his problems, and then after more tripping, he blames Waddle Dee for not clearing the path for him. King Diddy can never take responsibility for his own actions. Holy crap. So it is so dark, he cannot see anything in front of him. That's the key thing to know about this. Then for some time, King Diddy finds something growling in the woods. Turns out he's in Grizzle's territory. Problem is, King Diddy can't see Grizzle, but he can hear him. We get an image of an angry Grizzle. Grizzle's a bear with a workout headband on its head for some reason. Never understood why, but it's a thing. So Grizzle growls loudly at King Diddy, but since he can't see the bear, King Diddy swings his hands in that direction as he turns the look. He accidentally bonks Grizzle's snout with his hand, and it hurts so bad that Grizzle runs away crying. King Diddy and Kirby are both ridiculously strong at scenes. So King Diddy wanders through the forest until he sees light coming from a cabin. So he rushes over there and gets the old man living there to let him in. The old man is shocked to see someone here in the forest, since there's so many ferocious bees here, but hey, somebody got here, that's crazy. The old man lets King Diddy in and questions him. King Diddy learns this is Grizzle's territory and he must have accidentally hit the beast. King Diddy blames the beast for it getting in the way of his hand. So this old man is impressed and calls King Diddy a hero, which makes King Diddy very happy. He starts only addressing him as hero, by the way, and we learn that he is the woodkeeper of the forest. After feeding King Diddy, the woodkeeper asks King Diddy for his help. He wants to protect the fruits of the forest from hooligans and who try to steal the fruits. This, of course, gets King Diddy's attention. So King Diddy feigns ignorance on the subject, and we learn about the fruits for a third time in this book. They only grow on the night of a full moon in the spring, and he wants to enlist King Diddy's help to protect the fruits. And so, King Diddy agrees with the intention of stealing the fruit for himself. He figures that with the Woodkeeper's help, he can get to the fruit before Kirby does and take it all for himself first. After King Diddy agrees, the Woodkeeper tells King Diddy about one threat they must avoid. There's a powerful creature called the Master. If they awaken them, they'll be in huge trouble. The Master guards the Stardust Crystal and that they've been sleeping for a thousand years while guarding it. The plot thickens. According to the Woodkeeper, the crystal is needed to ripen the fruits, and King Diddy surmises that must be why they can only grow here. This makes the Woodkeeper suspicious because he didn't tell King Diddy anything that should have made him come to that conclusion. We get an image of the Woodkeeper looking at King Diddy suspiciously, but King Diddy bluffs that, no, this is his first time hearing it, and somehow that works. King Diddy says he isn't afraid of the Master, but the Woodkeeper says they're capable of burning all of Dreamland to a crisp, so they shouldn't chance it. Also, according to legend, when the Master awakens, there will be the sound of a loud bell. So if they hear a bell, they need to run immediately. 
King Diddy doesn't see a problem, but this really bothers the woodkeeper, so King Diddy lets it go. But now he wants the Stardust Crystal. With the Stardust Crystal, he could have Stardust Fruits at Castle Diddy all the time. So he gives out an eerie laugh as he imagines it. And so ends that chapter. It's a lot of fun parts and some setup, and now we get more plot. The Stardust Crystal is now in the mix, and we're only halfway through this book. How exciting! Chapter 6, The Best Fruits in the Universe. The chapter starts with some dialogue, so let's read it out because oh my god, it's fun. The next day, Kirby and his friends were in high spirits and preparing for the adventure from morning. Lunchbox, we gotta make a lot. Ah, leave the ingredients for the rice balls to me. Taraco, salmon, tuna mayo, and then, um... Kirby, how are you going to make the rice balls? Asked Meta Knight. And Kirby answered cheerfully by saying, I'm not making it. I'm a bad cook. I decide the ingredients and Waddle Dee makes it for me. Hey, Waddle Dee. Ah, gotcha. Waddle Dee was restless and worrying about King Dedede, but rushed to Kirby's side as his name was called out. Waddle Dee began shaping the rice balls diligently, where Kirby would fuss about this and that besides him. Make sure you put plenty of ingredients. I can't make it all that small. Make bigger rice balls, yeah. Look here, you. It was Carolina who flipped out. You're so noisy. Rice balls this and rice balls that. It's not a picnic, you know. Get it out, Carolina. Kirota buttoned her lips in a hurry. Don't be rude, Mr. Kirby. Be more servile. Be servile. That's so pathetic. We're depending on Mr. Kirby for tonight's plan to succeed. But Big Brother, that guy's way too voracious. Isn't that promising? That's what we expect from Mr. Kirby. Try to do this as whispers. Kirby is running around Waddle Dee while continuing to give orders. Make some tamagoyaki, too. Also fried chicken and Vienna sausage as well. Okie dokie. We're so busy, we gotta fill the water bottle with some juice, too. Alright, we also gotta prepare a picnic blanket for when we're gonna eat the bento. That's why I said it's not a picnic. While pressing for bento preparations, the sun went down and a large full moon rose. At last, the night of the harvest arrived. I just love interactions between Kirby and friends. Kirby is a little bratty here since he's barking off orders, but it's also endearing since he's so excited for food. And you know he'll be very helpful in the clutch, so you would deal with his excitement like Waddle Dee and Meadow Knight do. I enjoy Kirby's characterization in light novels because he's just being a kid. He has his negatives, as kids do, but he has a lot of positives, as kids do. That night they wander the forest, but only have one flashlight, so everyone has a hard time walking with the tree roots and mud around. Kirby then notices the frog kids have nets and asks what's that about, and turns out they're going to use the nets to catch all the fruits as Kirby inhales them. This shocks Kirby, who thought he was going to just eat them all up. Which is of course a little selfish on Kirby's part, but this is pretty smart. The nets should be harder to suck up since they have the air going through them, through the netting, of course, which would allow them to catch the fruits. Kirby kicks a rock in disappointment, but eventually he understands after Midnight and Model D give him a talking to. They convince him it is better to enjoy food with others. But while those three talk, the frog kids whisper about the fact they're going to steal all the fruits for themselves to fund their evil plans. Kuroji feels guilty about this, but his siblings eventually convince him otherwise. So it's an interesting juxtaposition happening here. Two selfless characters are convincing a selfish character, Kirby, to be more selfless and two selfish characters convincing a selfless character, Kuroji, to be more selfish. Kirby asks them what they're whispering about, and they say they're just talking about how they're gonna have to harvest everything before King Dedede gets to them. Kirby agrees, and then they hurry further into the forest. Then they see some small blue lights on the tall tree branches. It's the Stardust Fruits, and Kirby exclaims that they're so pretty. We get an image of Kirby and Kuroda looking up the star fruits. They look like shining blue apples. Kirby looks really cute here. Then they get started, and Kirby gets into his inhale stance, and he bends his body backward and inhales with all his might. He causes a strong, violent wind that pulls the leaves and the fruits off the branches. The frog kids quickly leap and catch all the fruits in their nets just before they reach Kirby's mouth. They ended up getting 12 in the first inhale, and Kirby immediately wants to eat some. 
The Frog Kids didn't want to split up the fruits yet, but they can't be suspicious this early, so they give two per person. So this is a fun moment of story, so let's read it. So this is the fruit of wonders, said to be the tastiest in the universe. It's very beautiful. It looks more like a jewel than a fruit. Midnight held the fruit up and sighed. All of these stared at the two fruits placed in his hands and said excitedly, It's too good to eat. Really? Let me have them! Stop it, Kirby. In a hurry, Waddle Dee tossed the fruit into his mouth. As soon as he did, Waddle Dee had such a gleeful look that he appeared to be charmed. He could only let out a sigh, and he's in a state where not a single word could be uttered. Kirby, Kuroda, Meta Knight, and the rest also tried the small fruit. Like Waddle Dee, Kuroda and his siblings were at a loss for words, and their expressions showed great delight. Kirby jumped up so high that he hit his head on a tree branch, and also bumped his head on the ground as he fell. As anyone could expect, Midnight calmly reacted as saying, Indeed, how wonderful. Forgetting the pain from bumping his head, Kirby shouted in a loud voice, Isn't it so wonderful? It's a hundred times tastier than what I imagined. I didn't know that a fruit like this exists in Dreamland. Its reputation as the tastiest in the universe is no joke. Just two is way too little. I want way more than this. That's the spirit, Mr. Kirby, uh, said Carolina. There are way more fruits deep within this forest. Unless we harvest them all tonight, they're all rotten to waste. That's a shame! Right? So let's hurry towards the inner part of the forest. Alright, let's do our best! Kirby rushed toward the inner part of the woods with great vigor. He would immediately trip on a tree brute and roll over, but wouldn't bat an eye to such pains. He's completely captivated by the stardust brutes. Waddle Dee said sorrowfully while running after him, It'd be great if his majesty was also with us. I wonder how he's doing right now. If it was me, I might have fainted in fear. Don't worry about him, Waddle Dee, said Meta Knight. King Digity isn't someone to get wound up from darkness. By now, he's probably running around the woods with much enthusiasm. Turns out Midnight is three for three because King Diddy is doing exactly that elsewhere. King Diddy already drops his act and immediately wants to get all the fruits in the forest, but the Woodkeeper screams they're supposed to be defending the fruits. But King Diddy insists he deserves some as a reward. 10, 20, 100, no, 200 fruits should be his reward. So the Woodkeeper relents and says King Diddy will deserve a few as a reward. For the most part, the Woodkeeper is forced to chase after King Diddy with a flashlight in hand because King Diddy is too excited and running around. After a bunch of running around, King Diddy sees a large glowing red fruit on a tree and immediately takes a bite. He thing, I said a big red fruit. King Diddy enjoys the flavor, but learns from the Woodkeeper that this isn't the Stardust fruit. Well then, what is it then? Surprise, it's the Miracle Fruit! If you're a Kirby game player, you know what this is. And it's crazy to see it here in the second light novel. Upon hearing it isn't the Stardust Fruit, King Diddy tosses the fruit away. Wow, just wasting food because it isn't the food he was hyped about, what the heck? Think of it as an appetizer, come on! The Woodkeeper points out the Stardust Fruit in the distance, and they're blue and white and small. Once King Diddy got into position, he was about to inhale all the fruits, but the Woodkeeper stops him. He tells King Diddy that the fruits have a very dangerous pit, and that it's very sharp and would cause King Diddy lots of pain if he swallowed them whole. Apparently it's so painful it would give King Diddy a tummy ache for a week. This is enough to give King Diddy pause. The Woodkeeper assures him that he'll remove the pit for the king. We get an image of the Woodkeeper explaining about the seeds to King Diddy and the image of a seed that does look really pointy. So King Diddy relents and he won't inhale all the fruits and the Woodkeeper will gather them one at a time for him to eat. King Diddy then thinks about how the Frog Kids never mentioned this and he thinks Kirby will get a tummy ache from inhaling all the fruits. For the briefest moment, he feels bad for Kirby and then goes back to being happy Kirby will get a tummy ache from the fruits because he thinks Kirby deserves it for being so annoying. Yeah, they really made King Diddy a jerk here. But even with his thoughts, King Diddy still feels a little concerned for Kirby, so there's still hope for the king. So King Diddy relents and agrees, and then the Woodkeeper tells him he needs to ride his shoulders to make it easier to travel around and protect the fruits. 
This, of course, is humiliating to King Dedede, but he endures it for the fruit. So the woodkeeper finally gets a stardust fruit and King Dedede wants it, but the woodkeeper pops it in his mouth and enjoys the flavor. King Dedede thinks he saw him do what I just said, but the woodkeeper assures King Dedede he carefully peeled it first. This goes on for a while with King Dedede wanting next fruit, but then they hear a large beast nearby. The woodkeeper says it's Fire Lion! This is a classic Kirby game boss? Well, it's one of the sub-bosses from Kirby's Adventure. It's literally a lion that's on fire. That's, that's really what it is right there. It's also in the anime. King Dedede says he's not afraid of the fire lion, and the woodkeeper applauds him, and then he backs off so King Dedede can fight it. We get an image of Fire Lion and King Dedede facing off and looking at each other menacingly. King Dedede is in the mood to fight though, so after hearing Fire Lion growl at him for a bit, King Dedede shouts at Fire Lion to be quiet and not to be in his way. The shout is so loud it shook the air in the woods, and Fire Lion immediately just goes out in its flames and runs away scared. King Dedede looks at all the beasts of this force as nothing but scaredy cats, and considering how well King Dedede's handled these beasts so far, King Dedede's kind of OP, holy crap. When the Woodkeeper returns, King Dedede asks for some Stardust Fruits, but the Woodkeeper says he dropped them all and so they'll need to go find some more. We can safely assume he ate all the fruits while King Dedede was distracted. Since the narrator mentions the Woodkeeper does a chewing motion whenever King Dedede isn't looking, so yup. So he convinces King Dedede to let him ride him some more, and they'll venture deeper to look for more Stardust Fruits. While they do that, the Woodkeeper quietly laughs to himself. He admits there aren't any seeds to himself, and that this hero is simple to deal with. He then makes an ill-natured look, which King Dedede can't notice. So another fun chapter with cute characterization for Kirby and crew, while King Dedede is being manipulated by someone or something evil. Also, wow at seeing how strong King Dedede is by seeing how weak Fire Lion is. Holy crap. Chapter 7, A New Copy Ability. Ooh, that's an exciting title. So during the night, they would gather more and more Stardust Fruits, and Kirby would ask for more to eat. But the trio would ignore Kirby. The argument was that instead of eating them bit by bit, Kirby would have more fun eating them all at once at the last minute. Kirby doesn't like the idea and he says he's hungry, but they counter with the fact Kirby has a bento so he should eat that. Still, Kirby won't start his fruit more than bento, but they push Kirby to inhale more fruits for the sack. Kirby starts getting tired and sluggish, and using the inhaling ability multiple times without reward was causing Kirby to lose steam. I totally get it, who wouldn't want more of something so tasty and become impatient, right? Finally, Kirby falls to the ground and stomps his hands and legs. Kirby's having an understandable tantrum. Meanwhile, Midnight says something feels off and then he notices. The fruits in the trees have been decreasing in a certain area and he has Kuro to shine his light in that direction. Then they see why. There's a huge building here! Since it's pitch black in the forest, the only source of light is the flashlight and the fruits. This huge building was blocking a bunch of fruits so there was a lack of light in that direction. How clever of Midnight to realize this. So they found a huge stone building covered in ivy. At some point it might have been elegant, but time has done a lot of work against it. Kirby finds this as a great opportunity to rest and runs into the building. Waddle Dee tries and fails to stop him while Meta Knight warns him it might be a monster nest, but Kirby is sure he'll be alright and jumps into the building. Meta Knight and Waddle Dee quickly give chase while the Frog Kid trio nervously follow. There's a problem! This was their chance. This is the best time for the Frog Kids to get away with the fruits, but I guess they greedily plan to get more? But I- they shouldn't have! This was a good time! But that's the thing about greed, when you are being evil and greedy, you want all of the thing, and when you do that, trying to be a completionist, it ruins your plans. Kirby then hears a beautiful bell as he comes in and wonders if it's a welcoming bell. Kirby then yells good evening, and this of course would alarm us, the reader, since we know what the bell's supposed to mean. Kirby gets no response as he ventures deeper into the building, but then someone yells at him to stop walking. Then Kirby looks up because the voice is coming from the ceiling. They yell at Kirby to leave all he can since the bell of the Master's Awakening has rung. Kirby though has no idea of the legend and is just confused. So Kirby asks who the Master is and the voice clicks their tongue and comes down. So it's a thing some people do, it was like, 
Like that sound. Like sounds weird, doesn't it? Trying to do it on mic. But that sound. Well, it's, uh, so it's a very Japanese thing. I think for the West, the equivalent would be like just a sigh. It's like, uh, like that kind of just making a noise to show your annoyance. That's really what it is. So out of the shadows comes a gold-colored bell person about the same size as Kirby, and they have small legs and wings. Kirby politely says good evening and introduces himself, but gets interrupted when the bell person yells at Kirby to shut up and get up because they aren't going to give them the crystal. Wow, that escalated quickly. Also, what a bell end. We then get an image of an angry bell and a shocked Kirby. Kirby backs off as the bell rushes him, and Kirby says he's not there to fight, but the bell calls him a thief and tells him to get out. Kirby says it's mean to call him a thief, he just wanted to rest, but the bell won't have it and keeps rushing Kirby, so Kirby panics and runs away. But the bell gives chase! So Kirby then runs into everyone else and Midnight draws his blade, but Kirby decides that if there's gonna be a fight, he'll take care of it and sucks up the bell. Kirby then gains a gold-colored bell hat on his head, and two bells appear in his hands. The frog kids are shocked and think it's a magic trick, but no, Midnight corrects them. It's Kirby's copy ability, and of course it's Midnight that explains this, just like the anime. By the way, Bell Kirby is my favorite modern Kirby ability. My favorite classic is Parasol. Carolina realizes that the reason Kirby couldn't prove his copy ability earlier last night is because Waddle Dee doesn't have a special ability. Ouch. Everyone then wonders what's Kirby's new power, so Kirby ponders this and then rings the bells. It's a beautiful sound and everyone enjoys it. Kirby then acknowledges it's a great sound. He thought the bell guy was a jerk, but he likes his power. Kirby then shook the bell stronger and was a stronger and more beautiful sound. We then get an image of Kirby being Bell Kirby, and that makes my heart happy. It's very cute with everyone looking at Kirby while he rings it excitedly. Kirby then rang the bell so much that Midnight started getting annoyed and told him to stop, but Kirby says he really enjoyed it. Kirby then realized that the bell could get really loud if he tried, so he did. Kirby shook the bell so hard that it shook the building and even shook the surrounding forest. Everyone frowned and covered their ears. It was too noisy. Kirby apologizes and then stops, and exactly when he does that, someone could be felt deep within the building. Of course, Midnight was the first to stand at the ready. But then what came next was a carefree voice. In comes another person who says, Hey, Ringo, what's wrong? It's getting really bothersome when you ring the bell this energetically. And then they realized they weren't talking to Ringo the bell. The creature was wearing a large hat and holding a broom in their hand. It's basically a part of them. And they broomed the whole time. While they were moving and talking, they were brooming the whole way. Then they asked, who were these people and where was Ringo? Eventually, they learned Kirby inhaled their friend Ringo and they attacked Kirby too. Kirby then jumps and runs, which must have looked hilarious. Eventually, Midnight stops the creature and tells them their friend is unhurt, just inside Kirby for now. Once he removes his hat, Ringo will return, so of course they want Kirby to do that now, too! Midnight eventually calms them down again so they can explain the situation. Their name is Broomhatter, a classic enemy from the Kirby games, and they're in charge of cleaning the house. In the games, the Broomhatters can't stop cleaning, they must always clean things, so this fits very well. Something interesting is that Broomhatter uses a masculine pronoun in the book. Always thought Broomhatters were girls, actually. By the way, there's a lot of cute mentions of Broomhatter and their broom. They're always holding it dearly or using it as a weapon or sweeping it with it as they move. We then get an image of Broomhatter, which is a creature similar to Kirby, but they have a big hat and a broom in their hand, as mentioned before. So since they're in charge of cleaning, is Ringle the owner then? Also no! Ringle is Broomhatter's pal and Broomhatter actually has no idea who the owner is. We then learn that the master left a very, very long time ago and Broomhatter's family has been cleaning the place for centuries and Ringle's family has served the master just as long. So the two of them guard the house despite the fact it's vacant. This is of course odd to Meta Knight, but then Broomhatter reveals why they guard the place. Well, at first they hesitate, but Midnight reminded Broomhatter that they have Ringle hostage. That's a little messed up, but to save Ringle, they agree to tell them what's going on. And that's where chapter 7 ends, a bit abrupt there. It's an interesting chapter, clearly there's still more happening, and 
yeah, there's more to know. It's really funny with Ringo showing up and getting all mad at Kirby. I really enjoy that. It's just so funny to me. So let me tell you about Ringo, Broomhatter, and I forgot one more thing about Grizzo. Grizzo first appeared in Kirby's Dreamland, and so did Broomhatter. Ringo's a newer enemy that first showed up in Kirby's Triple Deluxe, and like I said before, it leads to Bell Kirby, which is one of my favorites. Chapter 8. Kirby vs. King Dedede. Ooh, I wonder what this chapter is about. Chapter 8 starts with what's going on with King Dedede and the Woodkeeper. Turns out they could of course hear the bell, and the Woodkeeper is freaking out. He's screaming and raving it's the end of the world while hiding. This of course annoys King Dedede and he yells at the Woodkeeper to shut up. We also learn King Dedede still hasn't had a single Stardust Fruit yet. But the Woodkeeper says it's not possible anymore since it's the end of the world now. King Dedede doesn't understand and the Woodkeeper reminds him about the bell. Once King Dedede remembers what the Woodkeeper told him, he gets excited because he wants to fight the Master and take their Stardust Crystal, which surprises the Woodkeeper. The Woodkeeper is so shocked, they don't stop King Dedede when he makes the Woodkeeper come with him and light the way so it doesn't trip on anything. While traveling, the Woodkeeper thinks to himself that King Dedede is way too much of a simpleton and he's going to have a rough time with King Dedede. He's also, of course, very much worried about this legendary demon that can burn all of Dreamland. But he sticks with King Dedede because maybe he's strong enough to win this thing. Eventually, King Dedede gets annoyed with how poorly the Woodkeeper is keeping up, so King Dedede says, Waddle Dee is more useful and takes the flashlight. At that moment, the Woodkeeper steals himself. He decides to take advantage of the situation. He's going to steal the Stardust Crystal instead during the fight and become a very rich man. So he catches up and says he believes in King Dedede and takes the flashlight back and they go deeper into the woods together. So this is an interesting moment with this random character. First he gets shocked from the bell, then shocked by King Diddy and wanted to rush in, and then he's able to find his resolve and decides he's going to steal the Stardust Crystal first. Good for him! Too bad he's dealing with King Diddy. <laughs> Back with Kirby's group, Broomhatter reveals that they are protecting a treasure related to the Stardust Fruits. During this, we learn the Frog Kids have about 100 Stardust Fruits in their sack at the moment. That's a lot. So I need to read this part out because wow. Kirby asks with his eyes sparkling, I wonder what's that treasure that's related to Stardust Fruits? An extra large Stardust Fruit? Or maybe a super extra large Stardust Fruit? No, it's called Stardust Crystal. Oh? Broomhatter was about to explain, but Kirby couldn't hear as he was lost in thought with the idea of an ultra super deluxe extra large Stardust Fruit. Stardust Fruits are very yummy, but being way too small is its drawback. It'll be wonderful if there's like an ultra super deluxe extra large Stardust Fruit. You know, the crystal I said is... How big would it be? As big as a melon? A watermelon? Hmm. I'm sure it's as big as those balls from sports festivals. Amazing! Oh, that does it. Broomhatter gave up explaining. Kirby is such a silly boy, but I love him anyway, of course. So Broomhatter moves on to explaining his family has been using the legend of the Master to scare people away. The Master was a protector of the treasure and the forest. The bell was used to wake him to fight evildoers, but eventually they disappeared and no one knows why. Broomhatter and Ringle's families aren't meant for combat, so the legend was the best way they could do something about the situation. This fortunately has worked out for generations, and then Kirby showed up! Midnight commends them and their family for their duty and service, and this makes Broomhatter happy. But Kirby's got a one-track mind, so back to more dialogue reading. Kirby said while minding the inner part of the building, Hey, show me the Ultra Super Deluxe Extra Large Stardust Fruit too! Huh? Ultra Super Deluxe? No, there's no such thing! Lies! You were talking about nothing but that just now! Don't try to beg the question! You're misunderstanding. The treasure we're continuing to protect isn't an extra large Stardust Fruit, but something called the Stardust Crystal. Wait. Meta Knight stopped. He glared at the door and continued, Something is coming. I feel a presence. A presence? Everyone strained their ears. At once they could all hear it. With thud, 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 the sound of footsteps as if the ground is shaking is getting closer. Along with a buoyant voice, he's saying, 
Yeehaw! Bartleby shouted, That's his majesty's voice! I knew he was wandering the forest all by himself. Before Meta Knight could finish his sentence, King Diddity showed himself. Herod and the others quickly pointed the flashlight at him. King Diddity and the Woodkeeper pushed through the light and into the building, and then both groups were pointing their lights at each other. King Diddity then recognizes and calls out Kirby, Meta Knight, and Model D. We get an image of King Diddity pointing at Kirby, Waddle Dee, and Meta Knight while the Woodkeeper is pointing the flashlight at them and confused by the situation. Yeah, he has no idea who these people are. So of course, I need to read what happens next because oh my god! Mid-sentence, the King realized something. So that's it! You're all after the Stardust Crystal! You think I would be beaten to the punch? Filled with animosity, King Diddity clenched his fist. Waddle Dee jumped up. Please hold on, your highness. I hear what we had to say. I won't hand over the crystal to y'all. Completely blinded by greed, he rushed at Waddle Dee first. Wah! Waddle Dee avoided the attack as if he was rolling. Your majesty, I said please hear what we have to say. Be quiet, hand over the crystal. Settle down, King Diddity. Meta Knight was the one to call out to him. However, even his voice couldn't cool King Diddity's anger. You scamp, Meta Knight. Curses, the crystal is mine. King Diddity jumped up and was ready to trample Meta Knight. Meta Knight nimbly dodged and pulled out his sword. Waddle Dee shouted, you can't turn your sword towards his majesty, sir! Relax. I'm not actually gonna fight him. We should just cool him off. Hand over the crystal! With an agile movement unbefitting his huge body, King Diddity tries to grab at Meta Knight. He may not have his favorite weapon, the hammer, with him, but the greed-stricken king is formidable even when unarmed. Shucks. I expected no less, King Diddity. Meta Knight dodges the attack with his best effort. As he watched the intense battle, Kuroda became bewildered and muttered, this somehow turned really ugly. Now this is our chance. Carolina lifted up the sack crammed with stardust fruits. Let's make a run for it while we're fighting. Carolina, these fruits are ours. The three went towards the doorway with soft steps. The one to notice their movement was Kirby. Ah, oh, wait, where are you all going? Freddy noticed. Let's hurry and run. Carolina and the others started running. Kirby promptly shook the bells in both his hands and called them to stop. I said, wait. Are you gonna take the Stardust Fruits away? That's mean! When Kirby shook his bell strongly in anger, a sound reverberated loudly. The extra loud tone directly hit Kuroda and his siblings, and they fell on the floor as if they tripped. Huh? Kirby looked curiously at his bells. The tone was lovely when it rang a while ago. What was that just now? Then Broomhatter yelled, Ringo's bells could also be a weapon! If you ring it with a mind to battle, you can attack your opponent like no! Okay, what a convenient bell! The trio was knocked out on the floor and thus there wasn't any fear of them escaping anymore. In that case, there is just one opponent, King Diddity. Overwhelmed by the greed-stricken King's vicar, Meta Knight is driven to the wall. I'm your opponent, King Diddity! Jumping down before King Diddity, Kirby rang the bell loudly. King Diddity covered his ears and turned around. Stop that! It's so noisy! You stop attacking! Kirby shook his bells more and more strongly. The timber gushing forth became a powerful weapon and blew King Diddity away. Cripes! What is this weird weapon? I don't really know it either, but it's strong, right? Don't use it so rashly if you don't know it. If you stop fighting, I'll also stop. Are you trying to hug the crystal all to yourself? I won't let you do that. A crystal? What are you talking about? Kirby swung his bells, but King Diddity also wasn't losing. Even as his whole body is struck by the timbre of the bell, and opposing Kirby in desperation, he attempts to crush him with his huge body. Incidentally, Meta Knight listlessly plops on the floor as he receives the impact of Kirby's attacks. <laughs> Needless to say, Waddle Dee also collapsed to the floor. It's a nice touch to let us know that these guys are also getting wrecked in the collateral damage. Getting attacked by the King, Kirby fell back bit by bit, getting more and more tired. He can't let out the same tune anymore. 
Then Kirby's movements start getting dull. Realizing that, King Dedede raised both his hands as if to deal a finisher. Eat this, Kirby! Using all his strength, the king struck at Kirby with his fists. Wah! Kirby drew in right away. With it, a strange thing happened. Kirby's body completely fit inside his bell on his head. Similar to when a hermit crab draws its body back into its shell. The fist that the king swung down struck the bell. Boom! Ah! King Dedede jumped up as he swung down on the hard bell with all his strength. The king's hand puffed up bright red. Huh? Curled up inside the bell, Kirby tilted his head in confusion. I must have been hit, but it doesn't hurt at all. Oh, I see. The bell guarded for me. This copy ability sure is amazing. <laughs> Blowing on his swollen hands, King Dedede is jumping up and down with tears in his eyes. It appears to have hurt quite a lot. With the tables turned, Kirby jumps up out of the bell and shouts with full vigor. Have at you, King Dedede! This is the final blow! We get an image of Kirby swinging the bells and King Dedede crying out in fear and shock. This is why I love Bell Kirby. It's so strong and it has strong defense too. It's so good, it's so strong. Not as broken as Sam, but it's still a good power. From the handbell Kirby's clutching, an extra loud sound wave gushed forth. Ugh! Even King Dedede is unable to guard with his swollen hands. His body slammed against the wall and slowly dropped down. Kirby raised his bell and declared, Game, set, match! It's my win! Huh? Kirby looked around. Waddle Dee and Kuroda Trio are all knocked out. As expected from him, Meta Knight didn't lose consciousness, but he took enough damage to be unable to get up. Ah, uh, is it because of the sound attack from my bell? Sorry. I'm alright. I'll recover after some time, said Broom Hatter. As expected, he is used to the sound of the bell just from being Ringle's friend. Apart from that, I haven't returned Ringle back to normal. I'd feel sorry for him if he still has to be like that. Ah, right. Kirby jumped up and spun once in midair. With it, Kirby's bell hat fell off and in an instant turned back into its original form, Ringle. Ringle fell to the floor and didn't seem to know what happened to his body. Looking around restlessly, he saw Kirby and raised his voice. Oh, you're the thief! You are after the Stardust Crystal! I won't hand it over at any cost! Ringle, quit it. Broom Hatter stopped Ringle. That's already been taken care of. The Stardust Crystal is so... Ah! In mid-sentence, Broom Hatter gasped. So all of that was really fun to read. It's just a crazy time. So Broomhatter gasps because he realizes the Woodkeeper is missing and leads everyone to the innermost part of the castle. And they find that the Stardust Crystal is missing. The Frog Kids weren't able to get away, but he was. What the hell? Ringle, of course, freaks out and rings his bell a bunch, and King Dedede mentions the Woodkeeper is a scaredy cat. How could he be so cocky? And then Broomhatter is confused and tells King Dedede the only residents of the forest are himself and Ringle. There's no Woodkeeper! Oh, snap! Once King Dedede realizes he's been bamboozled, he punches the wall so hard it cracks, and he is filled with rage. Kirby then yells they should go after him and leaves the room quickly, and he is then followed by King Dedede and Meta Knight. Then we get this fun little bit of dialogue at the end. Broomhead and Ringo exchange glances. I wonder if they're going to get the crystal back. I guess so. I was wrong of me to mistake him for a thief. Mr. Kirby has a strong sense of justice, huh? Of course, the pair didn't know that Kirby was only going after the ultra super deluxe extra large stardust fruit. <laughs> I love this book. So that's the end of chapter 8, and it was incredible. I really enjoyed that one, as you can easily tell since I read so much dialogue. Just so much fun, are you kidding me? Just this so impactful, crazy chapter right here. Just so much happens. Kirby versus DDD, Meta Knight versus DDD. Kirby just going to town with one of my favorite powers. I enjoyed this chapter so much. Chapter 9, The Power of Inhaling. Here's what this one's going to be about. The trio run into the forest towards the Woodkeeper's hut. Thankfully, King Dedede remembered which direction that was. They then run into Firelion, who King Dedede is about to knock out when Kirby has an idea. He inhales Firelion and gains the fire ability. 
This way Kirby can light the way and they can stop tripping all over the place. It is interesting how the author kept reminding us that the train was a pain to walk in. I guess they had to make an excuse for why Fire Kirby would show up later, I don't know. We then get an image of Fire Kirby being cute as ever. Midnight does smartly remind Kirby not to burn any trees because a forest fire would be pretty bad. With them traveling at full speed, they get to the Woodkeeper's hut, and King Dedede rushes first to hit the hut. King Dedede is seething mad at being tricked, but then the ground rumbles and everyone thinks it's an earthquake. But nope! It's the hut pulling itself out of the ground and blasting off into the air. The chimney of the hut then becomes a propeller, and the hut helicopters higher into the night sky. Everyone's surprised, and King Dedede gets even angrier. They then hear the laugh of the Woodkeeper, and we learn the truth. He is actually a thief who has been eyeing the Stardust Crystal for decades. The legend had kept him from stealing it. This does not get elaborated on any further, so there's two thoughts here. Either he lived here forever, waiting for a chance, or he flies in and scopes out the place every so often over the years, and got lucky when King Diddy and everyone else showed up. Maybe it's the second one, considering Ringle and Broomhatter have no idea who he is, and they would notice someone else lived here, so that's probably it, I guess? So the thief gloats about tricking everyone while holding the crystal in his hand. It is a beautiful crystal tinged with blue, is what we're told by the narrator. The thief can't wait to use this crystal to grow stardust fruits and become the richest man in the universe. King Dedede then asks Midnight if his airship would work, but it's parked way outside the woods, so they won't be able to get there in time to get over here. Then Kirby has an idea, and he spins once mid-air, which makes his hat fall off and frees Fire Lion. Fire Lion then runs away scared as they should, because are you kidding with this situation? The narrator then explains that Kirby can't inhale while he has a copy ability, so it makes sense to let Fire Lion go. King Dedede and Midnight both realize what Kirby's planning, and they're surprised. King Dedede cheers Kirby on while Midnight doesn't think Kirby can suck up something so huge, even with how strong he knows Kirby is. But Kirby sucks as hard as he can. Unfortunately, his face turns bright red and he runs out of steam. King Dedede gets mad at Kirby while he says he's too hungry. So he looks around for Stardust Fruit, but there's none because the thief ate it all while they were riding King Dedede. But then he sees something else. Kirby rushes up to it and it's described as a red fruit wrapped in an orange-colored vine that is in front of a thick tree. We then get an image of Kirby looking up at the fruit. Players of Kirby Triple Deluxe will recognize it. The Miracle Fruit! And Kirby looks cute looking at it. Kirby eats it in one gulp and then he thinks about the flavor because King Dedede says it tasted weird. Kirby says it definitely was a flavor he's never tasted before. And then Kirby starts glowing a rainbow color all over his body. Kirby then rubs his stomach and says he feels immense energy flowing within him. Of course, King Dedede is confused by what's going on. And then Kirby gives the inhale another try. The helicopter is already really high in the sky, and King Dedede doesn't think it's possible anymore. But Kirby starts sucking, and the winds from Kirby are like a hurricane. Everything's shaking. Nothing is standing still. We get an image of Meta Knight and King Dedede moving away from Kirby as he does a huge inhale, and we see the helicopter hut with the thief inside, and he's shocked. Meta Knight can't believe Kirby's doing it, but no one can hear him over the loud winds. Meta Knight and King Dedede cling to trees so they don't get sucked in, and the helicopter starts getting pulled towards Kirby. The thief doesn't know what to do and loses his balance and starts rolling on the floor as the helicopter is falling towards Kirby. Kirby then sucks the whole thing up, and Kirby then stands triumphant because he got the treasure back. Midnight can't stop being surprised. That inhale was stronger than normal, and he decides to name it a Hypernova Inhale. King Dedede then forgets himself and asks Kirby if he's okay and is he having a tummy ache from eating that whole thing. After some talking, they figure the red fruit must have given Kirby some amazing power. None of them know the name of the fruit at the moment. King Dedede did hear the name earlier from the thief, but he clearly wasn't paying attention. Kirby then realizes and starts freaking out. He ate the hut and the treasure! What should he do now? King Dedede then gets mad at Kirby and insults him because there was no point in catching the thief if there's no crystal to be had to show for it. 
King Dedede then tries to grab Kirby by the neck, which does not exist. Kirby tells King Dedede to stop shaking him because if he doesn't, he's gonna start feeling queasy, but then Kirby does. King Dedede then realizes the situation and runs for cover in a panic because he doesn't want to be in the splash zone. And then Kirby sneezes, because that's what Japanese people do in, in this kind of situation, and the whole hut comes out of his mouth. That is gotta be gross. So instead of throwing up, Kirby sneezes it out. That's just, I guess, a better way to do it. After that, Kirby stops glowing and the hut is a wreck and unable to fly anymore. The thief dizzily walks out and falls to the floor. King Dedede runs over and he's about to give the thief a pounding, but Midnight stops him. The old man has already taken enough damage. The thief then tells them he doesn't want the crystal anymore, he doesn't want any more trouble, and then he crawls away into the forest. Kind of a grim ending for that guy right there. So two bucks in a row, Kirby does insane damage to the antagonist of the story. King Dedede still wants to beat him up, but again, Midnight stops him and convinces him it's not worth pursuing. The guy's taken enough damage. You gotta stop, King Dedede. Now I want to read the rest of this chapter because Kirby is so silly and so pure and I love it so much. Kirby regained his energy as the two were talking. He bounced to his feet and started running towards the hut. Yippee! The treasure! The treasure! It's a Hyper Ultra Super Ultimate Extreme Deluxe Supreme Extra Large Stardust Fruit! Raising both his hands, he sprints into the hut. Having realized this, Dedede jumped up and went after him. Wait, Kirby! I won't hand over the crystal to you! Calm down, you guys. Having no choice, Midnight also went inside the hut. The Stardust Crystal was placed on the table inside the hut. It's about the same size as Kirby! It's glowing blue from the inside and is sparkling. That light is so beautiful that it seems not of this world. Midnight then lets out a sigh of admiration. So this is the Stardust Crystal. What mysterious radiance. It appears you inhaled it without thinking. Yep, I guess I inhaled it without a thought. Kirby smiled from ear to ear and opened his mouth wide. Although it's not as big as the sports festival balls and can't really call it Hyper Ultra Super Ultimate Extreme, still it's way bigger than an ordinary Stardust Fruit. What? Midnight was bewildered and tried to stop Kirby. Stop, Kirby. That's not the Stardust Fruit. Why, it's not even the food. I inhaled it with the hut back then, so I couldn't know how it tasted. This time for sure. Stop. Time to dig in. We get an image of Kirby triumphantly holding the Stardust Crystal. It just looks like a big crystal berry, really. Kirby opened his mouth wide. Stop, you son of a gun. He did it, he couldn't prevent him in time either. Kirby inhaled the Stardust Crystal with a grandiose choking. So that ends chapter 9. It is fun seeing the villain get absolutely wrecked and become repentant. Kirby having a ton of power is very fun too, so of course, he's so silly trying to eat a crystal and right in front of the others. I love this so much. It's another fun chapter. Kirby just being OP, Kirby being a silly boy, everyone else has to react to it. That's just always fun for me, I really enjoy that. Chapter 10 is the last chapter to wrap things up, and it's called, Kirby is a Hero? Why is it being asked with a question mark? So the long night is about to end and everyone meets up at Kuroda Hideout. There everyone learns from Broomhatter that Kirby ate the Miracle Fruit and it's been called that for a long time. We then learn from Meta Knight that he heard it normally grows on Floralia, the floating continent. Ooh, references the Triple Deluxe, yay! Meta Knight then wonders if there's more mysteries in the forest. Potentially foreshadowing future books for this forest, but as far as I know, they never come back to this place. Waddle Dee shows concern for Kirby's stomach, but he assures Waddle Dee it's fine. But then this funny dialogue happens. Yeah, with all that we went through to catch the thief, the important treasure was, you see... Kirby suddenly became sullen and glared at the Stardust Crystal placed in the corner of the room. I thought it was an Ultra Super Ultimate Deluxe Extra Large Stardust Fruit and sucked up even the helicopter for all that. The identity of the treasure was that rock. I feel so let down. Don't call it a rock. Broomhatter chided him. 
That is Crystalis Gloomy Wood's precious treasure. We're really thankful that you brought it back. Hey, why are you thanking him only? Don't forget my role as well, King Diddy interjected. Romad and Ringle spoke in one voice. Your role? Weren't you only made a fool of by that thief? Shut up! I had ordered the phony woodkeeper by pretending to be fooled and caught him with my style. Distorting the truth to suit him best is his forte. King Diddy softened his voice and continued. You should present me with a reward for that reason. How about just a fragment of the Stardust Crystal? King Diddy ardently gazed towards the crystal. No way, Jose! In a panic, Broomhatter swung his broom. The crystal must not be taken out of Groomly Woods at any cost. Quite so, said Meta Knight. If that crystal is misused, it could cause a conflict. Something like that should be guarded inconspicuously within the quiet forest. <laughs> How silly. Like Kirby, King Diddy became sullen. From now on, me and Broomhatter will guard the crystal. I ask you all to keep that fact that the Master isn't here a secret, said Ringle. Of course. We won't tell anyone. A happy ending, right? Said Waddledee with a smile. However, King Diddy's grumble doesn't stop there. What's so happy? In the end, I didn't get to eat a single stardust fruit. Ah, you're right. You guys ate some, right? Y yes sire. Just two. Crud, like heck I'll forgive you. To think you, a subordinate, had to no regard for me. The king and ate some. Uh, I I'm sorry. But then Kuroda tells King Diddy he can have all the fruits in the sack they gathered. His siblings are shocked, but he tells them he's changed his mind. He wants to be a fair and great hero like Mr. Kirby. His siblings happily accept his new declaration. So King Diddy greedily grabs the sack and plans on eating it all himself. Midnight tries to guilt trip King Diddy over it, but he ain't budging. But then Kirby takes the opportunity to snatch the sack out of King Diddy's hand. And we get an image of Kirby cutely doing that. The hut then shakes as King Diddy and Kirby run around. And this hurts Kuroda's pride a little since he just said he wants to be a fair hero like Kirby. After some funny running around, Kirby opens the sack and gets dejected and throws it to the floor. Turns out they took too long and the sun has risen. All of the fruits have rottened. Waddle Dee confirms this fact and frowns while closing the sack. Mednut reminds everyone the fruits only last one night, and Kirby has a little boy tantrum on the ground. He indeed he says at least he had some, while complaining that he didn't even get one. And this makes Kirby stop being a brat. He indeed he then sits and orders Waddle Dee to get him some food, but then he remembers he has a means to get food from Chef Kawasaki whose food is better than Model D's. King Diddy tells Waddle Dee they're going to go to Chef Kawasaki's and eat whatever they want. Then Midnight remembers and asks if King Diddy saw his card that he dropped a couple days ago. King Diddy feigns ignorance at first, and Midnight tells him to not use it if he does find it, because the consequences would be bad. King Diddy asks, how bad? And well, the card is called Super Premium All-You-Can-Eat Card, but... Then Kirby hops up in excitement when he hears about the card. We learned that Midnight helped the Universal Restaurants Association, and they gave him the card as a reward. But he doesn't like all-you-can-eat, so he never uses it. Which Kirby thinks is a waste, and he should have it. But Midnight tells him no. Only the owner can use it. If anyone else uses it illegally, there are dire consequences. So they keep beating around the bush for a little bit about the consequences and scaring King Diddy. And then finally Midnight tells us the consequences. If a fraud uses it, they have to pay back 100 times the fee. Imagine you use this card for a Big Mac. Big Macs are like, what, 5 bucks? You'd have to pay back $500. Holy crap! King Diddy gets extremely angry and yells at Midnight that he's too late and that he used the card. Midnight tells King Diddy that they have no choice but to pay the debt. The Universal Restaurants Association will chase him to the ends of the universe, and they'll have all the chefs in the universe after him. That is a heck of a problem for King Diddy right there, since he loves food so much. So Waddle Dee asks his king how much he ate, and the king whispers it to him. Waddle Dee turns pale and says they can't pay that. They don't have that kind of money. So King Diddy says Waddle Dee will have to get a job to pay it off. 
Poor Waddle D. Meanwhile, Kirby pleads with Meta Knight to get him a card. Then we get an image of King Dedede ranting and crying at Waddle D, while Kirby is doing the same thing at Meta Knight. Also, Ringo and Broomhatter are nervously watching this in the background. Kirby then asks Meta Knight to cause trouble for the association so he can solve it and get a card. Meanwhile, Waddle D is telling King Dedede they'll have to sell all the furniture and outfits, and so on, and King Dedede doesn't want to do any of that. Waddle D then says they'll have to start eating only Chazuke for dinner. Chazuke is a simple Japanese dish where you pour green tea, dashi, or hot water over cooked rice. Usually this is a meal you have with whatever leftovers you have on hand, so you would put leftovers like meat or veggies with it, and historically this was something only servants ate from the Edo period. Then, King Diddy and Kirby cry out in unison, and I have to read the last lines of the book. Covering his ears, Broomhatter said to Ringle, Their voice is way more than your bell, yeah. Uh-huh, I lost faith in myself. Kirby and King Dedede's shouts are carried by the fresh morning breeze and spread beyond the gloomy woods. We lastly get a cute colored image of Kirby holding an orange in his hand while he's eating one with the other hand. The end. I really enjoyed the energy of the ending there. It makes Kirby and King Dedede bratty, but it fits them well and it's funny. Poor Midnight and Muddle D. Overall, I like the first book better, but there is some pacing that could be better in both. We have some boring setup chapters in the second one, but they have to happen, of course. Well, book one, I think, still did set up, but they just did it better because it involved Kirby and Waddle D. At first. The original characters aren't great, but how can they be when they're alongside such greats, right? Like, what are they going to do? Still, overall, I enjoyed the book. The high-energy parts were just so awesome. It's interesting how the author is building the light novels. Currently, King Dedede is a very selfish jerk, like the start of the game series. But there's fleeting moments of him being for those around him, like Kirby currently. At some point, King Dedede will show more care for his allies, but we aren't there yet. Looks like he needs a lot more humbling first. Losing all his money probably helps with that. It's also interesting to hear mentions of Feralia, which is where Kirby goes for Kirby's Triple Deluxe. So evidently this story takes place before that game. It's something I mentioned in Light Novel 1's episode, the timeline of the Light Novels is really weird. Some games have their stories adapted into the books while other games are referenced, but they're all kinda canon? Sorta? In a future Light Novel, Kirby will see Magalore, Eileen, Placia, Taranza, and the Magic Mirror in one book, and there's references to all the times Kirby met them in their respective games, so it takes place after all those games, while other Light Novels will be directly adapted like Super Kirby Clash, Kirby Fighters, and Planet Robobot of all things. It's weird, but the books are fun, so whatever, huh? It's having its own universe, it's just interesting that some games are referenced and some are directly adapted. That's just the sum of what I just said. So what did you enjoy about the story? What about the characterization? Let me know what you think in the comments or directly message to me on Twitter. I am interested to see what people think of like Meta Knight and Kirby and Waddle Dee and King Dedede. I'm sure King Dedede fans don't like King Dedede at the moment. But I'm sure he gets better later, so don't worry, I think. So that's it for the second Kirby Light Novel. Next episode will be episode 48 from the anime, and then I'll put up a vote to see what comes up after that. Share this with your friends, this episode was fun. Let's have some more people enjoy it and have more fun with us. So, I had fun, I hope you had fun too, and thanks for coming by, and see you next time.